The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball. I don't like it. I want to be up there in Group A. I don't care who we get. We should be up there competed against them. But, you know, as you said, we're going to win that group and then get promoted, hopefully. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Celtic clinched their second successive Scottish Premiership title under Ange Postacoglu at the weekend. Kyogo Furuhashi's 30th goal of the season, helping them overcome 10-man hearts at Tynecastle, an 11th title in 12 years. And with us to, to digest the weekend and uh, how things are going for Celtic clearly well under Ange Postacoglu is Tom English of BBC Sport. Morning, Tom. How are things? Good morning. Very well. Very well indeed. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Um, so it's perhaps no surprise that Celtic have clinched the Scottish Premiership title given their total dominance so far this season um, and an impressive way to clinch it out and probably makes sense that Kyogo Furuhashi was the man who got in the score sheet again he's been brilliant he has yeah um, you know uh, Postacoglu has made many very, many very impressive signings Kyogo is probably the pick of them uh, goals machine would have scored a lot more goals last season but he missed a good chunk of the league season through injury uh, he's just a kind of blur of movement, really. And he scores all sorts of goals. He can, he can score crackers from outside the box. And he can score the type of goal, that scrappy old goal that he got against uh, against Hearts at the weekend. He's been terrific. You know, for for the current generation, the younger generation of, of Celtic fans, the kids and young teenagers, he is the guy that excites them, just like Henrik Larsson was for the previous generation or... Jimmy Johnston, this gener- generation past. I'm not saying he's Jimmy Johnston, nobody is. <laughs> but for kids, this is the guy that does it for them. He's such an exciting player. Like that's a, so it's a 53rd league crown overall for Celtic. They've still got the motivation to continue with, this, with the season. Of course, a fifth treble in seven seasons is the carrot on the end of the stick when they play in Vaness, Caledonian Thistle. Uh, that's, that's the Scottish Cup final on, on June 3rd, so they will have the motivation to continue. Ironic, Tom, um, Tynecastle was where Postacoglu's league tenure began with it with a defeat two under feet a couple of years ago um, it's quite hard to fathom how far he has taken this side since then because of course when he when he first took the job it was um, well a surprise to say the least and an, and an unknown entity yeah I mean like you know people look at it in, in the Scottish League and they go oh, it's a two horse race uh, you only have to beat Rangers that's that's true and um, we got all the financial advantages over ten of the other eleven clubs in the in the league. That's true, but the context is everything here. Um, Postecoglou took over a club that was in turmoil. They just lost the league by twenty five points to Rangers. Um, they'd sacked Neil Lennon, Peter Lawwell, the chief executive who was there for twenty years, uh, left, and uh, a supporter unrest was off the scale protesting really, really bitter protests outside Celtic Park nearly every weekend. Um, they had this pursuit, months-long pursuit of Eddie Howe, who was their first choice. They thought they were going to get him. And then he and then he said no. I, like, I couldn't explain how angry the supporters were. Banners outside the ground uh, sacked the board. One of them infamously said, shoot the board. So he's come into this maelstrom... <clears throat> And the whole team needed to be rebuilt. You know, they had a lot of loan players, a lot of players who weren't putting it in anymore, who wanted to leave. Odson Edward and these, these types of guys. He had, the, he had a massive, massive job on his hands on the pitch and off the pitch. 
They replaced Lawwell with Dominic Mackay as chief executive. He lasted two months and he left. So it was it was chaotic. He comes in, he starts making all these signings, one after another, hits hits the bullseye. And before we know it, they're playing this really good brand of football. They're winning, winning, winning. They win the league. They win the they win the League Cup last season. They're going to win, unless Inverness can cause the upset to beat all upsets, they're going to win a treble this season. And it all makes sense. And his backstory is make it, makes it even more special. Because this is a guy, a kid who came from, from Athens to Melbourne when he was five with his family because of the military junta in Greece. His father lost his business. They arrived in, uh, in Melbourne with two suitcases. They didn't speak the language. They didn't have anywhere to stay. And from there, he's built. And he always, what he had with him was a love of football. So his own story, the immigrant story, there's a great symmetry with the history of Celtics. So that's why, for that, for, for reasons of trophies, but also his backstory, that's why everybody at Celtic worships the, worships the man. It's his, it's his tactics as well as his style of play, but also his transfers, um, Tom, because everyone has spoken about his knowledge of the Japanese market and how Celtic have clearly benefited from that. But when, when he originally came in, I mean, when you look at it now, they have no director of football. He has mm. complete control, not quite to the level maybe of Alex Ferguson at the peak at Manchester United, but not far off. Like He, he literally has the trust and faith of the board and everyone involved in the club. And maybe he's earned that respect because of his dealings in the transfer market. C- completely. Like he, he has <clears throat> excuse me, he spent a lot of money, but the net spend is, is very, very small um, because the club Celtic are a very well-run club. So they sold Odson Edward for a lot of money. They sold Christopher Iyer for a lot of money. They sold one or two others for decent money. And for that money, plus another maybe eight or nine, ten million, they've built this this brand new uh, squad. Um, 90% of his targets have come straight into the team. Not just the squad, not squad fillers. Uh, serious, serious players at the heart of what he's doing now. Um, the team that clinched the championship on Sunday, uh, 16 players got game time. 13 of them were signed by him. And it would have been 14 if Alistair Johnson, the Canadian right back, was fit. So that gives you an idea of how he's rebuilt. Um, a lot of Japanese players have come in, um, and they've, you know, they've, they've, it's a bit of a cliche. They play the Celtic way. Mm-hmm. The Celtic way is kind of winning, right? First of all, but winning with a bit of class, with a bit of style. And Farashi can do that. Hatate can do that. Maeda. And then he brings in Jota, he brings in Abada, a very young player. They're all contributing, Matt O'Reilly. And he's getting them for relatively small money. So he's finding these gems um, that are going straight into the team. I mean, the Japanese lads, they they hit the ground running in, like immediately. There was no settling in period. And these are these are guys who've come in, they don't know this, they don't know the city, they don't know the country, they don't know the league, they don't know the club, they don't know the language. And yet, a bit like Pasticaglu himself. They, they immediately have an impact. So it's, uh, it's very impressive. And you've got to look at it in context as well. You know, like Brendan Rodgers, you look back to Brendan Rodgers and his invincible season of 2016, 2017, and everyone thought, myself included, oh, we'll, never, we'll never see kind of a points to league points total or a goals total like that again. Um, 
Postecoglou's team could surpass both this season mm. if they keep winning for the last four games. Uh, Rogers got 106 points and 106 goals. Uh, it's within Postecoglou's team to, to, to beat that, which is incredible, really. Pat Nevin was on the show last night, Tom, and he was talking about there being uh, one or two nibbles, was how he phrased it, at uh, Ange in the market. Sure. And I can't help but feel, listening to everything you've said, you used the word worship from the fans earlier on, the stability of the club, the Fergie-like grip that he has in the club. These are attractive things to um, Premier League owners, um, and I'm sure there's plenty of them looking at them. And look, at I, I also get there's a tension there between... Uh, it's not to raise the question of whether Celtic or Leicester or whoever you want to pick are a bigger club, but the uh, the Nibbles will be there. The, he's an attractive prospect right now. Yeah, like the, I mean, the, the, you know, these clubs aren't. Big. I mean, he's been linked, I think, with about eight or nine Premier League clubs. Now, linked as in, is this a lot of tabloid nonsense, or is there actual genuine interest? Who knows? Mm. But they'll know who he is for sure. Um, and like you look at, I mean, like Celtic fans, that they are talking about this. Of course, they are. Um, they're almost resigned to the fact that he will leave probably soon if they got another season out of him. They'd probably be happy enough with that. They'd want more, but they live in the real world. I think if he goes on and Celtic will go straight into the Champions League group stage now, uh, if he does something in that, will he be there next, uh, the season after next? You probably think unlikely, but he has always made a point you know, because he's he achieved success in Australia. He achieved success in um, with the national team in Australia in the World Cup. Got into the World Cup. Um, moved on Brisbane Roar. He won the league there. Yokohama Marinus. He won the league there. He's doing great things at Celtic. But Celtic were the one in in this side of the world that took a chance on him. I don't know if he was in for jobs in England before and and he got turned down or ignored. But he feels a huge sense of appreciation to Celtic. And he's never really engaged with the chat because everyone's asking him, oh, you know, what about all these interest, all his supposed interests from England? He's never really engaged with that. He's a very shrewd, very smart, very respectful guy, actually. And it goes back to his background that he really does appreciate this opportunity that he was given. This seems like a ridiculous thing to ask, given, as you said, the fact that he can surpass that points total and, and goals total of the Brendan Rodgers Invincibles team. But... If you were to to put a hat on as a Ange detractor and come up with reasons why maybe clubs wouldn't look towards him, I, I've heard the argument mentioned that maybe his bringing young players through that brilliant Celtic academy maybe hasn't happened as as much as some Celtic fans would like to see. Um, his European record probably leaves a bit to be desired as well. You'd imagine over the last couple of years that's been one issue that Celtic fans have been hoping to to address. Are those things that are a concern at all in terms of Ange's managerial tenure? Well, I mean, the young players, uh, yeah, true. Not many, very few young players have got a look in at Celtic. I understand why they, they, they have to win every week. They yeah. have to. And I still think that they can do that by bleeding in a couple of a couple of young people. He hasn't, he hasn't done it. He hasn't done it, maybe, A, because maybe they're not there, or B, uh, maybe, you know, maybe he just doesn't think they're up for it. I don't know, uh, but it hasn't happened. Let's see next season if it does happen a little bit more. European, uh, it was his first crack at it. Uh, he was in a tough group with Real Madrid. I thought even though they didn't get many points, I think they played a lot of good football. They created a huge amount of chances, even against Real Madrid, home and away. They created So, so I, I wouldn't hold that against him. 
um, people were saying, oh, you need to be more pragmatic. You know, you're going up against Real Madrid. You need to be more defensive, you know. And he said, no, well, you know, if we're more defensive, we learn nothing. You know, we don't learn anything. So he kept true to his own beliefs, attacking football. Um, and I think they probably did learn stuff. But the, the truth of that will be next season in the Champions League. I think there will be pressure on him to deliver points next season for sure. Uh, if he does that, then I'm not sure he'll be at Celtic for, for much longer. I, he isn't no like, I always got the sense with Brendan Rodgers that he was fluttering his eyelashes at clubs down south. I always got that impression with him. Mm-hmm. I have not got him, that impression with Ange Postecoglou at all. I'm not saying he won't go. I think he, if he keeps going the way he is, I think he will go. He will have no choice but to go because he'll get a, a juicy offer. Um, in a bigger market, maybe not a bigger club, because there's not that many in Britain bigger than Celtic. But these clubs, the Leicesters and all these clubs, they're in a bigger market. Um, so I suspect he will probably go at some point if he continues his rate of a rate of progress. But um, I don't get a sense that he's that he's that he's in a rush. And and yeah, as you say, that that style of play, that high octane style of football. Mm. When you look at teams like Porto and Bruges this year making the last sixteen of the Champions League, there's no reason why Celtic can't be among those teams to progress and do that as well. Like when you look at the um, the Scottish Premiership table, though, uh, Tom, and I have it open in front of me, so a comfortable win for Celtic. Rangers a distant second, so thirty four games played at the moment. But even if you look at the gap between Rangers and, and Aberdeen in third, like Rangers are twenty nine points clear of Aberdeen in third they're 49 goals better off yeah. than Aberdeen so is that is that complete disparity and, and lack of competition in the Scottish Premiership a problem even from a I guess from a commercial perspective and and getting people interested and involved and eyeballs watching the Scottish Premiership is it seen as an issue? Uh, no well look I mean of course it's an issue there's only two teams every every season could potentially win the league uh, that's been a problem for 30 years Um the attendances at, at, at matches in Scotland are terrific. Per capita, it's one of the most watched leagues uh, in European football in terms of in terms of people coming through the gate. So there's there's not a massive issue there. Um, it's just a lack of competition, you know. And Aberdeen, a lot of, there's a lot of good clubs. Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, they're, they're 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 all doing a lot of good things. But the, the financial gulf is just it's just impossible to breach that. And Aberdeen have rallied. They've had a, they've had a good they've had a good last few months, um, and they are they are a good side. Uh, but it, it's impossible. I mean, you can't. You know, it's like expecting Nottingham Forest to be going toe to toe at Man City. You know, mm. you, it's just financially it can't be done. What there's an interesting thing about Rangers, and they've been in they've kind of been in uh, in turmoil for for much of the season. Um, they're currently on 89 points. Uh, 89 points would have won the league in two of, 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 of Brendan Rodgers' three seasons at Celtic. Now, I know for the third season, he was only there for maybe three quarters of it, and then he left to Leicester. But 89 points, you know, that would have won two of those leagues. So Rangers have done okay uh, by that standard. It's just that Celtic have been kind of unforgiving in terms of the way they, they go about winning matches. They, they've shown very, very little weakness domestically. Yeah. 
ruthless, ruthless. And uh, look, we'll keep an eye on the, the remainder of the season. As we said, that Scottish Cup final upcoming and, and Celtic face Rangers in the uh, final Old Firm derby of the season at Ibrox at half past 12. Nice place to be going Saturday. after uh, <laughs> the title in the bag. It's like they could not. I don't know what they would like to hang on a couple of days and get it done up there, but I mean, it's. Well, did they sweet. do the clap onto the pitch? Oh, I'm sure Does they that happen sure at, at Ibrox? Imagine. Surely not, Tom. Uh, if, if, if Rangers applaud Celtic onto the pitch, I'm going to look up and I'm going to see. Pigs flying. <laughs> uh, it won't be happening. They'll be they'll they'll be doing something. Uh, Celtic are walking out of the pitch. I can imagine. Won't be <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think pigs are going to fly at Ibrox this Saturday for sure. Uh, Tom, brilliant stuff as always. Thanks a million for hopping on. Cheers, lads. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.